Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16 tonight, and uh, I won't preach long, but I want to give you what the Lord laid on our heart, Acts chapter number 16, and um, do pray for us tonight, we got a little bit of a drive to uh, be in a meeting, and so uh, pray for my wife, that's who you need to pray for, she does most of the driving, amen, and so uh, I have some faith, amen. And uh, some of y'all get that later on, but anyway, uh, no, she's a good driver, and so uh, we'll go a few hours tonight. We do ask you to pray for us, Lord, to help us, and then looking forward to what else God's got in store for us. Amen. Acts chapter 16, if you'll stand with us tonight, just like to read two verses of Scripture, uh, actually three verses of Scripture tonight, and pray, and then you can be seated. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 32. The Bible says, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of that night, of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Lord, I ask you tonight to bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for the good testimonies and for all the singing that we've heard tonight. I pray now that you'll take this message and Lord help every heart. I pray that you'll speak to us and may we receive with meekness the engrafted word and may you be pleased tonight with our worship and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. What I want to preach to you tonight is really a real burden on my heart. I want to preach tonight on this subject here on five, uh, let me give you a title. I'm going to make this up, okay? Just right now, I'm making this title up, okay? But uh, it is, um, uh, I'll get it here in just a second, all right? Let's go a little further, amen? I'll give you my title when I get the thought, but I know what I'm preaching on, but I didn't write a title down because I wasn't sure at the moment. But I do know tonight the burden that's on my heart is something that's been on my heart for uh, for several weeks, as I mentioned this morning, and we've talked this morning about or preached this morning about uh, what must I do uh, to be saved, and so it's important this morning that, or this evening that we understand the way of salvation and that we understand the work of salvation. That the work of salvation was done at Calvary, isn't that right? As we heard it sung about tonight, and then uh, there is the work of salvation where uh, the Holy Ghost works. In in our heart and uh, where that he does a work in our life uh, and where that uh, it's real to us. Now when you think about the gospel tonight we get we give the gospel but we cannot save anyone. Isn't that right? I mean it takes God, the Holy Ghost to work it in and he has to bring the conviction which is turning the light on uh, in a man's soul and showing him his need uh, and then the spirit of God brings salvation at the moment that that, that sinner trusts the word of God and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is his work tonight. It is his wills. The Bible said, who will have all men uh, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And I want to simply say this tonight, uh, that it is important if you get time to go back to Acts chapter 16 and to look at the three different conversions that we read about uh, in Acts chapter 16 uh, that we mentioned uh, this morning. But when we come to our text tonight, notice with me in verse number 32, uh, I see Paul and Silas. As the Bible says, and they uh, talking about Paul and Silas as they are getting ready to, uh, to speak the word of God unto the entire household. And so we know that Paul and Silas preached the gospel. And then we see here the preaching of the scriptures. Notice the Bible says, 
says, And they spake unto him, talking about the jailer, the word of the Lord. Amen. I mean, listen, Paul and Silas did not give them their word, but they gave him God's word. When he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul, on the authority, not his authority, but on the authority of the word of God, uh, Paul said this, he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So uh, Paul and Silas preached the scriptures. I want to just reemphasize tonight that that is what our salvation is based on. It's based on the word of God. Amen. You see, the Bible is the seedbed of our salvation. Our faith is not in ourselves, but our faith is in this book. Amen. And so we see Paul and Silas, and then uh, we see the preaching of the scriptures. Uh, But then we see the people in verse number 32 that were saved. The Bible says, and to all that were in his house. Now, I want you to note tonight that this jailer's house is mentioned in verse number 31 as he says, thou shalt be saved and thy house. It's mentioned again in verse 32, and to all that were in his house. It's mentioned again in verse number 34 as the Bible says here that believing in God with all his house. I want you to know tonight that God wants you to be saved, but God wants everybody in your house to be saved. Amen? He wants everybody. He wants the, he wants the mom, the dad, the children. You see, this salvation is individual salvation. That's what this scripture teaches. But thank God it is household salvation. Amen? Now I want to preach tonight on this subject on five proofs of salvation. Five proofs of salvation. You see, when we look at this jailer's life tonight, there are five proofs here uh, that he got saved. There are five things in this text tonight uh, that reminds us, or should I say reassures us, uh, uh, that this man believed uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ because Paul uh, gave him the gospel. But the responsibility is still up to the sinner. Isn't that right? I mean, just hearing the gospel and being around the gospel is not going to save you. We have to obey the gospel. Amen. Uh, the Bible says that they have not all obeyed the gospel. You see, oh, you say, how do you obey the gospel? You obey the gospel by receiving it and by believing in it. Amen. You see, tonight you're either going to receive the gospel and believe it, or you're going to you're going to reject the gospel tonight and you're going to deny it. Amen. Uh, listen, unbelief is not doubt. Unbelief is a choice. Amen. If you're here tonight and you know you're lost and you know you need to be saved. You already know you can be saved. You already know God wants to save you. You know the God that the word of God will save you if you'll trust it. But you have to make that choice. Amen. We can give an invitation and friend we can sing a thousand verses of just as I am. But that's not going to save you until you make the choice to come to Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I don't use the word decision much because I don't know if they do it now, but years ago, uh, they cheapened salvation in the sense of saying that you just got to make a decision. And they take you off in a little room, and I'm not against uh, taking someone off and taking the Bible and actually helping someone that maybe needs some help. You know that. But they'd take you off in a room, uh, say a few little things, get you to pray a prayer, sign a card, and say you made a decision for Christ. 
Being saved, it is a decision. It is a choice that you have to make tonight. But I'm going to tell you, salvation is not wrapped up in just a decision. Amen. Salvation is wrapped up in a person. Amen. All I can do is make the choice. But if I make the choice and come to Christ, uh, he will do the rest. Amen. But I don't want to cheapen that tonight by no means. Uh, You see, salvation is free, but it is not cheap. Amen. But let's look tonight for a few moments uh, in these two verses, verse 33 and verse number 34. And let's look tonight at the evidence uh, of this jailer being saved. Five proofs uh, that he did do what Paul uh, uh, told him to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You say, Brother Gravely, what is the first proof here? Well, if you look at verse number 33, notice this phrase here. The Bible says, and he took them the same hour of the night. I want to say the first proof of his salvation is seen in brotherhood. Amen. Because this jailer tonight did not have to take these two men in. In other words, uh, he could have just shut the door back on that prison. He could have walked away. And guess what? He'd have still been saved. Amen. I mean, if he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, he would have been saved. But you notice in this text here that there's a change. And the change is seen immediately after the word of God is given to him. What does he do? He takes Paul and Silas uh, to his house. Now, it took courage for this jailer to do that because had he got caught, it could have cost him his very life. Uh, Why would a jailer do that? Why would he take two inmates home with him? Uh, We'll we'll know further as we read this story here, but one of the reasons is is because now he has trusted Jesus Christ uh, and there is a brotherhood. This brotherhood speaks of a connection. Amen. I'm telling you all of a sudden uh, his faith in the gospel, his faith in Jesus Christ, uh, you know what it did? It connected him to Paul. It connected him to Silas. Uh, He had appreciation for salvation, but he also had appreciation for those uh, uh, that brought him to the knowledge of salvation and he wanted to be a blessing to them in return. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John in chapter number 2 that we know that we have passed from death unto life uh, because we love uh, the brethren. Amen. You see, if you're saved tonight, there's a connection with the church. Amen. Now you might have been raised in church all of your life and and that connection that you have being raised in church uh, it's a social connection. What I mean by that is you may be here tonight and say well Brother Gravely I've always loved the brethren because my mom and dad took me to church uh, as far back as I can remember and all my friends are down at the church house and and all the fellowship that I've really known has been down at the church house and so in a sense I've always loved going to church and being around the people of God. there is people like that tonight that has been raised up but friend that's a social connection and there's nothing wrong with that but that is a social connection that a child may have as they grow up but after you get saved there's another connection and that's a spiritual connection amen you see it's all right. Uh, listen Levi you've been raised in this church it's all right to have friends in this church it's all right and they should you should have friends in this church uh, and to love the people of this church uh, but after you get born again. It goes deeper than just a social gathering. There is now a spiritual connection. You see, you're saved, uh, and you're saved, and you're saved, and you're saved, and guess what? I'm saved, amen? And there's a connection. There's a kindred spirit all of a sudden, uh, because even though you're in, even though you're sa- you've been born in this church, listen to me, if you're not saved, uh, you're still on the outside looking in, uh, because something is missing in your life. Uh, you may have known 
known this to be the only place you've ever known. And you may love everybody in this building, but you know if you're not saved, you don't have what everybody else has. And I'll tell you the second you get saved, there's going to be a connection with the Word of God. There's going to be a connection with the Spirit of God. And there's going to be a connection with the people of God. Amen. You know how I know that tonight? Because in my heart, think about this. Here's your little test tonight. In your heart tonight, if you could choose right now in your heart to be with the, the world or to be with the church, in your heart tonight, which direction did it just go when I said that? I'm going to tell you where my heart went. It went with the church. Now, I could get away from God and my heart could go to the world. I understand that. But the difference tonight is that it has been with the church. If I was to get, you said, Brother Gravely, could you get so far away from God that you didn't want to be here in church? We've seen that many times. It's called backsliding. But here's what happens when you backslide. Even though you may go out to the world, guess what? There's a disconnection here. I mean, you can go drink with them, you can go smoke dope with them, you can go dance with them, you can go party with them, you can go hang out with them, but guess what? Now, you're an outsider looking in in the world. You know why? Because you've been connected, amen? You got saved by the grace of God. You can drink booze after you get saved just like you drank booze before you got saved. Only difference is you're not gonna enjoy it after you get saved like you enjoyed it before you got saved because you've been disconnected with this world. You see, you might be in this world, but you'll never be of this world ever again. I'm telling you, as you go through this life, uh, you may live a worldly life, uh, but you're going to know that that's your crowd. You're always going to know that's your people. You're always going to know that's where you're supposed to be at. You're always going to feel like a, a what is it, a square in a, or a round, a, I get it here, a square in a peg hole or something. Y'all get it figured figure it out for me. Amen. Uh, my mind's running too fast to put it together at the moment. Amen. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, uh, you'll never fit in, uh, my friend, because why? Because somewhere's down the line, you trusted Christ uh, and you got connected with the church and friend when you get right with God after being out in the world and you walk back in you know where you feel like you came back to you feel like you came home amen there's a brotherhood it's a family of God there's just a connection when you get saved amen and you love the people of God you want to be around the people of God a round peg in a square hole there we go you want to be around God's people now, what about people that have been in church all of their life and they're miserable because they've been in church? They look for reasons to miss church. They always have looked for reasons. And when you see them out in the world, they're smiling like a possum, grinning like a possum. I mean, they're more happier out there than they ever was. You see them in here, they're sad, they're, they're grumpy, they're grouchy, they're always complaining, they're always finding problems. You know why? They're not connected, friend. You know, Brother Gravity, you saying they're not saved? That's absolutely what I'm saying. They're not saved. Amen. I'm telling you, goats, but, amen. Uh, they're always fighting against something. They're always, you know why some people's always against everything goes on in the church? Because they never been a part of it. They never got in. They're not backslid. They never slid forward. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you get saved by the grace of God, uh, you will love the church. Uh, and if you've been saved and you're seven years old or eight years old, you may not understand all of that right now, but you just hang in there. Uh, the more you grow in God, the more you'll 
love the church. Amen. I'm telling you, I love the church the day I got saved. But I love the church a whole lot more tonight. And I need the church a whole lot more tonight than I did even the day I got saved. Amen. You say, what is that? That's the brotherhood. I mean, when they call revival meeting, I want to go, don't you? I'm not looking for a way to miss. I'm looking for a way to go. Now, I understand people have sometimes they work. And I realize some people's lazy. I realize some people's out in sin. Let's just cover it all. Amen. But I'm telling you, if you're right with God, and my friend, if you're saved, there's a desire to go to the house of God. Amen. I don't like to be in church when it's dead and born. Somebody say amen. And when there ain't no God there, let's go to the house, let's eat chicken and come back another night. Somebody say amen. But I'm gonna tell you, I love the church, don't you? And I know I'm saved tonight. We pass from death into life because we love the brethren. Me and Brother Laddie are not blood kin tonight as far as this world. And we come from different walks of life. But I'll tell you, when I see him, I see him as my brother tonight. I mean that close, as close to him tonight, as close to you tonight as I am. Listen, closer to you than some of my distant kinfolks and family. And you could say the same thing. What is that? That's salvation pulling us together. Amen. Same book, same spirit, same blood, same, uh, same presence of God. Amen. Us going to the same ho- home, got the same father. Amen. In the same body. Amen. I'm talking about there is a bond, a brotherhood tonight. And even though this man's only been saved a few moments, something said, come home with me, Paul and Silas. I see the compassion. The Bible said that he washed their stripes. He, he could not free them, but he could ease their pain. He wanted to do something to help them. I see his care. Uh, my friend, in this text, his compassion. What is this? All of this speaks of the connection. Brotherhood. What's the first proof? It's brotherhood. What about the second proof? The Bible says in verse number 33, he was baptized. And what baptism in this text, of course, it is anywhere but concerning this, uh, concerning this jailer, he just got saved and he got baptized in the same night. It was immediate, wasn't it? And it was important. It was important for him to be baptized because that's what Christians do when new converts, when you get saved, you follow the Lord in believers' baptism. It's an identity. It's a picture of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know that. We're buried with him in baptism. We're raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. It's a picture of Christ's death going down into that watery grave, coming up, his resurrection, raised to walk in newness of life. We're identifying with Christ. When we get baptized, uh, uh, water doesn't wash our sins away. We know that. But the blood of Jesus Christ will wash our sins away. But I'll tell you what baptism will uh, do. It is an announcement. It is a profession uh, to this world a confession it speaks of confession that I have been saved uh, I have trusted Jesus Christ as my savior and I want to be identified uh, with the gospel I want to be identified with the death of Christ the resurrection of Christ uh, I want to be identified uh, and I want to be raised to walk in newness of life and my friend that's what baptism is uh, it is an identity mark it is to We are to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. That Ethiopian eunuch looked at Philip the same day after he believed the gospel and he said, what doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said to him, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And he said, yes. And Philip baptized him. It was just that simple, wasn't it? 
Philip goes up into a world. What an experience he had. But if you look at the experience and you're going to major on the experience, can I tell you something? Philip had a greater experience from what we could see than what that eunuch had. His was very practical. But on the spiritual side, we know that eunuch had a greater experience. Because what we could not see with a natural life, we would have been there. We can see through the scriptures. He was passed from death unto life. He believed the gospel. He was saved and he was baptized. You know, when I got saved, I wouldn't get baptized for about six months. I wouldn't go forward and make a public acknowledgement. And the reason I wouldn't do that is very simple. I didn't want to stand in front of everybody and look at people. Or should I say have them looking at me? I just, did, I just wouldn't go forward. Uh, it, it came up one time and, and I bypassed it. My preacher never pressed the issue. So, so I never did go forward uh, for believer's baptism. And I remember one Sunday morning the preacher was preaching in that little storefront building and, and the Lord was dealing with my heart. I don't even remember the, the message that he was preaching, but I do know the Lord was dealing with me about getting closer to him. And, and I, there's a lot of things, you know, I didn't understand and didn't know and, and didn't understand that it was dwarfing my spiritual walk with God. I had opportunity to be baptized, but just chose not to. But on that Sunday morning when the preacher was preaching, I remember going to the altar. I got the courage to go down in front of everybody, other people, and went to the altar uh, that morning but I went down to the altar and I got on my knees and I remember I made this statement to the Lord. I said, Lord, I give you my life and I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll tell you, God must have a sense of humor because he knows and he knew how much I didn't want to be in front of people and Brother Black, he let me walk all the way back to the back and get back to my pew and as soon as I got in my pew, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to go forward and join for baptism. So I had to make two trips in one service. They were baptizing that morning down at Rock Creek. And so I went that morning and I joined for baptism. I remember my pastor said to me, he said, you ready to get baptized? I said, yeah. He said, it's about time. I went and got baptized, didn't have a towel, didn't have a change of clothes. Rode that bus down to Rock Creek there, got baptized and went home. I mean, I went in, I went in shoes, socks, everything. I went in like Rodney went in, amen. I mean, I mean, uh, socks and all, Rodney. I went in, got baptized, uh, came home soaking wet. My mother said, what in the world happened to you? I said, I got baptized today. I didn't even know at that moment how important that was in my life. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have got baptized the very first opportunity uh, that I had. I'm just telling you tonight, it's evidence. If you're saved uh, and you want to grow in the Lord, there'll be a desire to be baptized. I want to say not only baptism and not only brotherhood. Baptism speaks of connection or, or speaks of confession. Brotherhood speaks of a connection. But I want you to notice a burden here. The Bible said in verse 33, He and all His straightway. You know what this old boy does? He takes Peter and si or Paul and Silas to the house so his family can hear the gospel. He's going to get baptized and he wants them to get saved and he wants them, he and all his house. And notice the Bible said straightway. That means no time wasted. That means in the midnight hour when this earthquake happened, he comes running in, he gets born again, believes the gospel, and he said, I want y'all to come home with me. He takes them home, he washes their stripes, uh, and then, listen, he lets them hear the gospel, and they get baptized as a family. He had a burden for his family, didn't he? 
You know, evidence of salvation is not only a connection with the church, but it's a burden for other family members and sinners. When you get saved, it is a natural response to want to see others get saved. Now, I'm not telling you tonight if you don't have a burden, you're not saved. What I'm telling you tonight is that God don't give lost people burdens for people who, in their family. Lost people don't get a burden for, for people in their family that's lost because they're not saved themselves. But when you get born again, there is a desire in your heart to want to see your family go to heaven. There's a desire in your heart to want to see other people go to heaven. You may not be very good at witnessing, but, but you'll want to give a track or you'll want to talk to somebody or you'll want to pray for somebody in your family that is not saved. You'll, you'll want to pray that they come to know Christ. Uh, uh, God puts something in your heart. The Bible said in Psalms 125, in verse uh, number 6 they that sow in tears shall reap in joy and he that goeth forth weeping bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him there's a desire to see others come to the foot of the cross uh, you want them to experience what you've experienced you want them to have the peace that, that you have and if you're saved tonight then a good evidence of your salvation is you have a burden for somebody so brother Gravely, have you ever not had a burden sure I, I've been there many times Burdens come and burdens go, don't they? Our burden will fluctuate. Sometimes we lose our burden. Losing my burden doesn't mean I lost my salvation. But if you're saved, you can look back through life and say, you know what, I can see right here where I wanted to see somebody saved. I can see right here where I witnessed to somebody, where I wanted to pass out tracts. Do, do I do enough of that? No, but you'll have a burden. This man had a burden for his family. That burden speaks of conversion. Amen. He wanted his family. Yeah, brotherhood, baptism, a burden. Did this man get saved? I believe without a doubt he got saved. We see his burden. We see his brotherhood. We see his baptism in verse 33. But I want you to notice the fourth thing in this text tonight. I want you to notice the blessings. And when he had brought them into his house, look at this. He sat meat before them and rejoiced. Now he brings them in his house after they've been baptized and he sets them down and sitting in the body, you know this especially in the book of Acts, when they sat around the table, the breaking of bread, sitting around the table, you know what that was a picture of also, especially in the early church, but even in, in, the, in our Lord's day, it was a picture of fellowship. It was a picture of, of the breaking of bread, but he didn't just give them bread, he gave them the best thing he had. He gave them meat. He supplied them. He's sacrificing. He's giving back because they have gave him the gospel. Now there's an, he's wanting to be a blessing to them. It speaks of contribution. He's contributing. These are preachers of the gospel. This man's only, he's not even been saved 24 hours, but he wants to do something for these preachers. He would set them free if he could, but he can't. So he's washed their wounds. He's took care of the physical part. He's helped them out as much as he can. Now he wants to set, set them down and give them something to to eat. He wants to fill their stomachs. They have been a help to him and a blessing to him. And now he wants to be a blessing in return. You see, when you get saved, you want to be a blessing to the work of God. You want to be involved. You want to do something. You, you know, some people come to church and all they ever are is just takers. They look around for what they can get. I'm going to tell you something. We come to church to give, don't we? 
We ought to never come to church and say, well, I hope I get a blessing tonight. That's selfish. And we come to church not to, you say, well, I want to get, I want to get a blessing too. But we don't come to church to get a blessing. We come to church to be a blessing. The people that come to church to get a blessing, all they do most times is sit around and say, well, I didn't get nothing out of that service. I didn't get nothing out of that song. Well, I didn't get nothing out of that sermon. You know why? Because it's all about you. It's all about what you can get. It's, not, it's never been about what you can give. I'm telling you, worship is not me getting anything. Worship is me giving back. Worship is me giving to God, giving God praise, uh, uh, giving God glory, uh, giving God myself. That's what an invitation is about. An offering is about giving of my substance to God. This is all about giving. So I don't want to go to that church. They're all about giving. No, you don't want to be a Christian, friend, because Christian living is not about receiving. It's about giving, amen? But if you'll give, I promise you this, uh, uh, God will give far more, more to you than you'll ever give to him. Uh, you'll not outgive God. Uh, you'll not overdo God. Uh, and this man, he gets saved uh, and he just wants to be a blessing. You know, saved people want to be a blessing. I say this not to be funny. I say this to be very serious. There are people I know and you know tonight, all they've ever done is cause trouble in churches. And I tell you, I know everybody's welcome at church and we want to help everybody. But I tell you, if somebody come in tonight and all they've ever done is cause division and trouble in the church, they got two choices tonight. Get right, straighten up, and fly right. Can I get an amen right there? Here. Or they can go somewhere else. Amen. This ain't Barnum and Bailey. Can I get an amen right here? It's not a circus, amen. Ain't somebody coming in here going to stir up the devil, amen? I don't care if they dropped $1,000 every service in this offering play. Uh, they could go somewhere else, amen? We don't care how much money somebody gives. Can I get a witness on that? I'm going to tell you something. God always take care of his work, amen? He'll always pay his bills. Uh, and if somebody, and we don't have anybody like that, but if some deep pockets come in here and try to run things, guess what? God's got a way of getting them out of the way, and it might take 20 other people to send in what they give, uh, but God's got the people, God's got the money, He's got the resources. Uh, he don't need me. He don't need you. He don't need anybody. And coming to the house of God is all about being a blessing. Amen. You know, being a blessing keeps our spirit where it needs to be at. But lost people, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Until they get saved, there ain't a thing you can do to make them happy about coming to church. I mean, tonight, if you're a person sitting here and you say, Brother Gravely, I'm just going to be honest with you, every service, and I'm not talking about physical problems, you say, but every service is hard for me to come to. You might ought to check up, friend. Amen. Coming to church, isn't it the best thing outside of being saved? I'm telling you, I understand on Wednesday nights you get tired in body and it's, it's, so there's the sacrifice in coming. If you're a mother and you got, you know, you got, you, you know, you got three little uh, children right there, or four little children, and or if you got one child, I'm telling you, I, you know, my grandkids come over and I, man, they're just, I like to pick them all up the first thirty minutes, and then I like to say, okay, and everybody go somewhere else after that. They're a blessing. I'm sorry, Jace, but. The first 30 minutes, man, I just want them right there and, and I want to hug them and love them like, okay, y'all go play now. <laughs> I'll come visit you here in a few minutes. 
but they're a blessing. But I'm going to tell you tonight, people that are not saved, they don't, they don't connect with none of this. Tonight, do you connect? I see blessing, contribution. What are you giving? What are you contributing to the work of God? Are you, are you investing? When that offering plate comes by, do you tithe? Now, if you're, not, if you're saved tonight and you don't tithe, let me say this. Holy Spirit will deal with you about tithing. I've heard preachers. Can you believe preachers today even talk about have just, they talk about is tithing scripture. That's how, that's how far off the axle we've got today. When preachers say they don't know if tithing scripture. Well, I'll tell you what my answer to that is. Go without it 30 days and see how your life goes. Amen. Tithing was before the law. Tithing was after the law. They said, well, I just believe in grace giving. You know what grace giving is in the New Testament? Selling everything you got and giving. Why don't you try tithing first? Before you sell everything you got. It's a whole lot cheaper to tithe. I'm going to tell you that much. The foolishness of people. Because if you're saved and you don't pay your tithes, that offering plate passing you by, listen, that's not the preacher of the church making you feel guilty. If you're saved tonight, it's the Holy Spirit. A good friend of mine told me, he said, you know, he said, I'm not going to pass after COVID. He said, I'm not passing. And, and there's nothing wrong with what he said. But he said, I'm not passing the offering plate anymore. He said, I'm just going to uh, put a box, you know, in the back and let her. That's how they were given during COVID. He said, it's going great. And he said, I, he said you know, he said, I'm just going to keep doing that. Nothing wrong with that. But I told him, I said, not me. I said, we're passing the plate, friend. I said, I'm going to tell you why. I said, because I want all the tippers to be under conviction. Amen. They're not getting out. They're not, we're not putting a box in the back. I'm not against somebody else doing it, but we're not putting a box in the back so that the tippers can, you know, sidestep it and go out somewhere. If we do have a box, it's going to be a big old box, amen, about as wide as one of them doors. you got to go around and say, please give your tithe, amen, every Sunday. You say, you need the money that bad? No, but you need the conviction that bad. I'm saying, hey, listen, I want the offering plate to pass by because tithing is right, Amen. Giving, being a blessing, making a contribution. And then finally, let me close with this tonight. I've preached on everything, hadn't I? But it's all right. The evidences of his salvation. Brotherhood speaks of connection. Baptism, it speaks of a confession. Burden, it speaks of conversion. Wanting to see other people converted. Blessing, it speaks of contribution. Then finally, notice that last phrase, believing. It speaks of confirmation. The Bible said he set meat before them and he rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. You know why this jailer got saved? Because he believed the gospel. You know, Brother Gravely, how do you know he got saved? Because he's still believing in verse 34. I said it this morning, I want to say it again. Evidence that you believe then is that you believe now. Amen. See, there's a lot of things I started out believing in my, in my teens that, and in my 20s that I don't believe anymore. I don't believe those things anymore. I know better. And some of you would say, most of you would say the same thing. Some things I believed it wholeheartedly only to find out it wasn't true and, or to find out I really didn't believe it as much as I thought I believed it. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. The anchor has held. Amen. The anchor holds tonight. I, I still believe the gospel. I still believe Jesus is Lord. I still believe Christ, Jesus Christ is our Savior. I 
still believe about that blood they sing about. I still believe the word of God is the final authority. I still believe, amen, in the brotherhood, the church. I still believe baptism is right. I still believe tonight giving to the work of God is right. Where does that come from? It doesn't come in and of ourselves, but it comes from faith in a risen Lord tonight. Do you believe? Do you believe with all your heart? And believing with all your heart will change your will tonight. If somebody was to say to me that you could jump and some people's done it. I mean, they got to be shy a few bricks to do what I'm about to say. If somebody told me you could get in a barrel and go down Niagara Falls and go off in falls and you could survive. If somebody told me that and said, do you believe that? I'd say, well, I believe that. That's in my head tonight. But if somebody gave me a barrel and said, now why don't you believe that? Why don't you go down Niagara Falls? And and I don't believe it that much. (laughs) I don't believe with all my heart. Let me put it that way. I believe it with my head. I've heard about some crazy people doing it, but I don't believe it enough to get in a barrel. Amen? But I'll tell you what. Listen, I believe tonight, and you believe tonight if you're saved. I believe the gospel enough to put my whole life on it. I believe the gospel enough to trust Christ uh, with not just my life, but eternity. I trust Him, amen, to the very end, to my very last breath. uh, And I believe tonight the gospel will not fail. Calvary covers it all. Uh, The blood washed away all our sins. uh, And there's peace and there's assurance uh, in believing in God tonight. Amen. As we stand, do you know that you're saved? Your heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need to use this altar tonight, Brother Sam's going to sing. If you need to come, would you come? But what a joy to know that you don't have to do anything to be saved. You just have to trust and obey tonight while we sing.